The strong wind was howling and whistling. He was the first Chinese citizen to graduate from Yale University in the mid-19th century. I was born on the 17th of November. She had prominent features. Three of us were old enough to lend a helping hand. He navigated between two vastly different cultures and moved further to realize his dream and promote understanding between the people of China and the United States. Ye Mingxing was a native of Hanyang. I realized no danger. China is really awakening. Come and join us in discovering the incredible journey of Yong Wang in his autobiography, My Life in China and America. Check out the audible stories on radio.cgtn.com and all major podcast platforms. Just search for the podcast Books and Beyond and find My Life in China and America. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of Roundtable, coming to you from Beijing. I'm your host He Yang. Asian elephants are the largest land mammal on the continent. They are icons of their land and gardeners of their ecosystems. The last time you saw them was probably when a herd of Asian elephants went on a trek. Of more than 1,000 kilometers in China's Yunnan province, oh, the things they've seen! And remember, two elephants got inebriated by stealing a farmer's wine, and we followed their journey with great fascination. But the global population of Asian elephants is on the decline, and their natural habitat abated thanks to human activity, amongst other reasons. To demystify the mysteries of Asian elephants. Biggest challenges in conservation and bring us up to speed on the living conditions of these endangered monumental creatures. I have two guests joining the discussion. Ma Chenyue, program manager of International Fund for Animal Welfare China, otherwise known as IFA China, and Professor Zhang Li, professor of ecology at Beijing Normal University, and he's also a member of. Asian Elephant Specialist Group of the International Union for Natural Conservation. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hello, everyone. Good to have you guys, and let's get right to it. If you didn't think Asian elephants and bees could be bedfellows, think again. Beekeeping helps Asian elephants protection. Tell us about how it works, Chen Yue. Thank you, He Yang. It's actually. Part of the program we initiated in 2020, IFO started to work on Asian elephant conservation. Actually, started from 2001, and、uh, one of the key pillars of our program have been the community development. Because we recognize that、uh, it's the people who are living in conjunction to Asian elephants who are making the real sacrifices. So we want. People who make the sacrifices also benefit from conservation, and based on this belief, we initiated this uh, community uh, development project in 2020 in a village called Daotangqing, which is、uh, right next to the heart of a key、uh, habitat of Asian elephants. And one of the key activities among all the things we do is beekeeping. Because beekeeping itself is a is a good means of、uh, income generation in terms of、uh, it doesn't require that much of labor, and it helps people to work right in front of their door instead of、uh, having go to nearby villages, which will reduce the chance of、uh, human elephant conflict, and it's also great means for women empowerment.、Uh, I think maybe we can talk more about that later. Yes, for sure. And the number of Asian elephants living in China has almost doubled to approximately 300 now, compared with that of in the 1980s. One of our listeners, J99 on Sina Weibo, raised this question, which could be shared by many who don't follow the protection of elephants in general. With due respect, doubling that number in a matter of 30 odd years. Could not seem like a big jump in numbers at first glance. And could you help us put these numbers in perspective? What strategies and efforts 
into protecting and boosting the Asian elephant population in China is worth our attention, Professor Zhang Li. Um, as we know that in 1974-5, the first paper in China published by the Kunming Institute of Zoology reported there were about 146 or 7 Asian elephant individuals left in China at that time. Uh, that's about 40-50 uh, years ago. You know, in 1980s and early 1990s, China banned all uh, hunting guns. And uh, uh, in 1988, China's first uh, wildlife protection law launched. Uh, due to this um, very strict protection uh, measures and uh, many uh, wildlife species uh, population increased in the past 30, 40 years, including Asian elephant. According to my research team, uh, the monitoring program in Yunnan, three major prefectures, uh, major range areas in Xishuang, Banna, uh, Nanguanhe, and uh, Poor, uh, the, the population of the giant creature uh, increased granularly. Mm -hmm. uh, we estimated the annual uh, birth rate of Asian elephant in China is about uh, 4 to 5% every year. That means in the past uh, 20 years, there's uh, very few poaching in the field due to uh, very strict uh, uh, protection measures. So the total population of the Asian elephant in China now is about 300. Well, if you say there's only 300 Asian elephants, that's still a small number compared to the whole population in Asian ranch states. There are about 45,000 in total mm -hmm. across the Asian continent. So 300 is still a small number. But compared to the habitat, especially suitable habitat left in the ranch areas in Yunnan, China, they, 300 number is still a big number because the habitat suitable for Asian elephant is really less and less. Yes, and that's why I think it's so important to sort of give everybody the context because if you just look at the numbers without the context and then you miss the bigger picture and really how much effort that's gone into this cause that really took the minds, energy, time, research of so many people to get involved to make it happen. True. And these 300 Asian elephants have already wreaked havoc on the lives of local residents in Yunnan province. What trouble have these majestic creatures created for local residents? We say majestic creatures, but some locals call them pests. So how are locals coping with elephants marching out of the woodwork, so to speak? And Chen Yue, you offer a really good case point in saying that, well, we're offering you ways to make a living by beekeeping. But what else is going on in that aspect of things? Uh, Hei Yang, I think you raised a definitely a very important question about, you know, we are happy the number is increasing, but uh, other local people who are actually living together with Asian elephants, are they happy about it? When I first started working for IFO, when I went to the village, the information I got from people there is that, okay, you like elephants, you take them back to Beijing. Because <laughs> oh. we we cannot stand it anymore. That That's back then, because, you know, it takes half a year to grow everything and it takes one night for the elephants to destroy and eat them but to address this problem and recognizing people's sacrifice and needs in living together with elephants i think both governmental stakeholders ngos like us and of course uh, academic scholars like uh, professor Zhang, all making our contributions uh, we know that china is one of the earliest ranch state who incorporated the commercial uh, insurance to cover the damages caused by uh, Asian elephant. And we also know that China has one of the probably the best precautionary system and also human elephant mitigation mechanism to reduce the conflict. So all this added together, I think is uh, why we're thinking the, the problem of a human elephant conflict uh, got uh, relieved uh, in the recent years. But of course, the, the challenging is still daunting. Um, given that they are by nature the kind of uh, animals who need such a vast space to roam. 
Yeah. And that's the part that maybe people will find it a little bit difficult to relate to. That is, how much room do these majestic creatures need? And is it like walking a dog in the sense that they just have to be, but but multiply that by range, obviously, that they just always have to be on the go? We have a study back 20 years ago when I started uh, my research in Puar on the Asian elephant. We started fridging behaviors of the creature. And uh, there were only five elephant in the herd, small herd at that time we, in our study area. And uh, the roaming in a small area about uh, 36 square kilometer uh, annually. So each of them may occupy about uh, uh, eight square kilometer or nine square kilometer a year, roaming for food. Actually, uh, during the dry season, there are not so many crops in the farmland. So elephant, they uh, fridged in the old growth forest to search for natural food. And uh, near and during the rain season, especially when the crops are ready for a harvest, uh, the elephant will come to the villages and uh, they eat the crops as their daily food. Uh, I have a number last year in Shishamana in 2020, uh, the local government purchased about uh, 30 million RMB as an elephant crop riding insurance for local farmers. And uh, there are about uh, over 12,000 cases of the report by local farmers of the elephant crop riding mm. and uh, caused uh, damage for their crops. Um, well, this is uh, the fact that in the in the field and well at least uh, annually over 25 million rmb uh, the local government need to pay for elephant crop and damaged caused by asian elephant right only in shishonbana uh, not mm-hmm. include uh, including poor or other areas Yes, indeed. And I saw these figures uh, released by the Yunnan Provincial Administration of Forestry and Grassland shows that from the year 2013 to 2020, over 80 people were killed or injured by wild elephants. Yeah. And with over 250 million yuan, about 40 million U.S. dollars of direct economic losses that's caused by these majestic creatures and then anybody in the shoes of these folks would not be happy about it at all so what do you think is the most effective way to relieve the conflict between human and animals the first question i would like to raise is i said we only have about 300 asian elephant individuals left in the field why we have so many damage caused Mm. by the elephant so this is a big question mark to me and my research team at the very beginning when we started to study this uh, uh, the, the creature in Yunnan. So we found that uh, the government have a very strict conservation measures to protect the endangered species. But meanwhile, local government also have a very rapid developing plan to develop local rural economy by harvest old growth forest uh, to turn forest to some economic species of uh, uh, wood, such as uh, rubber and uh, tea trees, because as we know in that area, poor tea is a very famous product and uh, bring a lot of money to local community as a uh, fundamental of the local economy. Mm. So there's a rapid developing local rural economy made the rapid declining of uh, uh, elephant suitable habitat in the field. According to the data we have, we analyzed the uh, land cover changes in the past 40 years in the elephant range areas. We found in the past 40 years, the suitable habitat for Asian elephant in the region declined about uh, more than 40%. In That's quite a lot. Four yeah. decades. Yeah. So you can understand that with the increasing of the elephant population with a rapid increasing of local economy the elephant lost their homeland that's a fact and also these creatures need a lot of space to go about yeah 
It's not like they can just stand still and not do much. So that's a fundamental contradiction in yeah. what humans would prefer in that area as well as the animals. So my research team's conclusion is the human-elephant conflicts not because of increasing of elephant population at all. It's because of uh, the increasing of human activities in elephant homeland. Right. And also, with some research I've seen across the world, the local residents who share this so-called living space with elephants see similar predicaments. And sometimes people can get a little bit radical. For example, the global demand for Siamese rosewood in Thailand and Memoir severely threatens the habitat of Asian elephants in their respective countries. And in China, we see our own issue in that sense. So if we may drill a little bit deeper in that sense, then for the NGOs and all the different parties of actors that uh, you come across in your orbit, what do you see as maybe progress or the efforts that we've made in recent years to tackle this issue? Mm-hmm. I think, first of all, although it's, it's absolutely true at a macro level, it's the, it's the human encroachment that's uh, led to this conflict. But on the other hand, I mean, if we put ourselves uh, in the shoes of the people who are living next to elephants now, it's not hard to understand that uh, sometimes they're just trying to make a, make a better life for themselves. Yeah. It's just like for us living in a city, you may start living in a, a small condo when you first move in the city, but as you get more advanced uh, in terms of economic status, you want to buy a larger place. I think it's similar for local people. As they improve their life, they also want you know better um, living conditions. And as a result, sometimes it's almost inevitable to increase their conflict with the, with the Asian elephants. And for us, I think first and foremost, we need to recognize what is already happening and the needs of local people and try to think for them what are the sustainable measures to reduce the conflict with Asian elephants. For example, IFAL uh, has been implementing uh, what we call the Community Hero Initiative. It's, it's actually a quite a simple project. We train rangers who live very close to those villagers that have a frequent elephant movement. And we send them and support them to work very frequently in those villages and give people daily support and give them early warning whenever there's elephants uh, moving close. And it so- doesn't sound very high-techy, <laughs> but it's effective a measure to reduce human-elephant conflicts because these rangers, uh, they know the people there and they know the most effective measure. We heard stories of a ranger, you know, um, when they fail to convince an old grandpa to go home when elephants are moving around, he actually find the grandson and say, tell your grandpa to go home. And that worked. So this kind of approach is something we've been trying to have this a warm touch uh, to reduce conflict. And another thing is the, to, to facilitate sustainable livelihood. Like uh, in the first, uh, what, what you mentioned about the beekeeping is one of the innovative approach we've been trying. So in a nutshell, we uh, want to improve the safety by uh, providing human-elephant conflict mitigation trainings and warnings and uh, communications measures. And on the other hand, we want them to benefit from living in conjunction to Asian elephants. It's very important to get the support from the local community people to support conservation uh, worldwide. It's the same in China for elephant too. As Chen Yue said, including IFO and a couple of other NGOs working in the area by providing alternative livelihood support and including the habitat restoration and the corridor restoration, it's very important to get the fragmented habitat linked by restore the elephant habitat in the range areas. Mm. According to uh, my research in the past 10 years, we found uh, currently the habitat for Asian elephant in China is highly fragmented 
That's why those fragmented habitats mixed with uh, developed farmland made a really, uh, how to say, opportunity to have a very close interaction with local people. That's one of the reasons have the human-elephant conflict in the region too. So some NGOs, including Eiffel and Sichuan uh, Tropical Botanic Garden, they also provide a camera trap to monitor the elephant's movement, especially nearby the uh, local community area. If the elephant come close to the community, uh, they will have uh, alarm calls mm-hmm. made by a different uh, system and uh, tell people don't close to elephant. That. Uh, made the effectiveness of the uh, reduce of uh, interaction between human and elephant. And uh, it's also a very effective measures to mitigate human-elephant conflict. Meanwhile, I believe uh, it's very important to uh, have a linked uh, protected area to be a larger, what we call Asian Elephant National Park. Mm. Uh, as we know that the National Park System is a new uh, concept raised by a Chinese government in recent years. And the center of this concept is to uh, design a, a large-scale conservation uh, landscape for uh, endangered species and uh, ecosystem conservation uh, compared to building a small-scale protected area. A national Park could be a, a potential solution for uh, elephant conservation in near future. I personally also involved in reviewing the, the design of this Asian elephant uh, national park in Yunnan. It's great to know the local government, including forestry and the land management bureaus, they are aiming to design a really large, more than uh, 8,000 square kilometer large national park for Asian elephant. About a year ago, I published a commentary in the Journal of Nature. The title of that article, that commentary uh, called China's Homeless Elephant Needs Linked Reserves. Mm. I'm happy to see uh, with the effort of uh, NGO partners, local government, as well as the state forestry grassland administration, a new Asian elephant National Park is on the ground in future, I hope. Mm, That's definitely very hopeful news. I remember it was in 2021 when the first batch of five national parks were announced on the national level. And the giant pandas, they deserve their own park. And tiger and uh, leopard. Armored armored tiger and leopard. Yes. And uh, Hainan forestry. And in the future, we might be seeing an Asian elephant park. And what you bring up here is such an interesting point because the word fragmentation, it doesn't really ring a bell for most people. And when you say that now we need to connect the dots, connect these little patches of land and make this a holistic approach to set up a place where the Asian elephants can live and enjoy life, so to speak. And that is almost like reversing this trend that's been going on for many years by now. And and is this something that you think we have sort of compared notes with other countries to come up with this kind of grand move and, and also about some of the more uh, micro level endeavors that both of you have mentioned? Are, are these things that um, you have like international exchange with peers in the field that you come up with some new ideas and plans with? Or is this mainly what so many people in the field in China have sort of worked very hard to come up with? You know, uh, last year, China, as a chair of CBD, the Convention on Biodiversity uh, COP15, we know that it's uh, the 15th. Uh, conference of party of, of a CBD convention. China is the chair, and uh, uh, we draw a framework, post-2020 framework for biodiversity conservation. There is a very important target for next 10 years for global biodiversity conservation is a 30% of territory uh, land should be 
under the protection, and another thirty percent of marine、uh, should be under protection. So with this thirty thirty target, it's really important for us to think about how we can protect those thirty percent of、uh, territory land for other species for conservation. But it's not only for endangered species or Biodiversity. I mean, it's also for sustainable、uh, development of、uh, our human ourself. My research team published another paper in the Journal of、uh, Ecosystem Services four years ago. We started the Asian Elephant、uh, Nature、uh, Protected Area in、uh, Mengla. It's part of Shishengbao、uh, uh, Nature Reserve.、Uh, we found that if nine percent of the nature reserve Tend to be the rubber or tea trays for royal economy development、uh, purpose. Then the whole ecosystem will not be fully protected, and、uh, the services of this、uh, ecosystem and the value of this kind of、uh, ser- services will dropped for about forty percent. It's quite a significant number. For yeah,、sure. yeah. Only nine percent nature forest disappeared. Will cause about forty percent loss of ecosystem services value. Yeah, let me stop you for a sec and let that number sink in. We'll be back with more discussion on how Asian elephant protection contributes to better biodiversity. I was born on the seventeenth of November, eighteen hundred. Delve into a world of words with books and beyond. A podcast made especially for audiobook lovers. I came into the world as the youngest of five children. I wondered children. what Her Majesty would be like. Fie upon you, limpid one! Why have you taken? Immerse yourself in gripping stories and timeless classics from the comfort of your own personal space. Sun Tzu underlined three points on the context game initiative. There was no better wine, and not to mention the. Whether you're a bookworm or a casual listener. Our carefully curated selection of audiobooks will transport you to new worlds and stir your imagination. Subscribe to Books and Beyond and start your audiobook adventure now on radio.cgtn.com or your favorite podcast app. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to a special edition of Roundtable. I'm He Yang, Professor Zhang Li, Professor of Ecology at Beijing Normal University, and Ma Chenyue, Program Manager of IFA China, join me for a discussion on the protection of Asian elephants. Right before the break, we heard a nine percent of natural forests disappeared would result in forty percent drop in ecosystem service value. What exactly would be at loss? Professor Zhang Li explains. All this value, including the freshwater value, forest carbon, as well as non-timber forest products. So you can see, to protect the nature and the old-growth forest, in other means, is the habitat for elephant.、Mm-hmm. That also to protect the sustainable fundamental for rural economy. So this is our funding from the field. I believe it's important to have this in mind. Yeah, I just hope to、um, add to what Professor John just said. I think habitat fragmentation is definitely not unique to to China, and it's not unique to Asian elephants. It's probably one of the most serious、uh, threats facing many species, endangered or not. And in many countries, I think in the past or during the very rapid development. Uh, of many countries,、uh, we have this notion of、uh, we pollute first and we can always restore later,、mm-hmm. but then it doesn't work that way, does it? Take the example of Asian elephants. Once the rainforest is lost, it's lost forever,、yeah. and there's no way we can grow something the same for Asian elephants at a later time. So that's why the thirty thirty goal that Professor Zhang mentioned is is so important, and、uh, there's no. Later time that we can seize, we need to seize the moment now in order to reach the goal for sure. Yes, and it sounds like it 
can't just involve one person. This needs the concerted effort of all levels, government, civilian, individual, all to get involved. And also the government level seems to play a huge role here. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the epic adventures of China's wandering elephants who left the nature reserve in Sichuanbana, southwest China's Yunnan province, have grabbed the global limelight in 2021. And there was so much love and affection showered on these elephants in China as the public followed every step of their odyssey. Was the fact that these elephants left their home behind a result of conservation policy failure? If I just answer one word, no, <laughs> I don't think it's, it's a result of conservation failure. But I think the policy and the way we have been developing over the past 20 to 30 years and the, the rubber plantation and at a more macro level, globalization and climate change, all this added to what we saw. And this divert of road of Asian elephant is, is so epic and it catch the eyes of everybody. But it's actually this, this phenomenon is not unique to Asian elephants. I think uh, maybe Professor John can, can elaborate on that. We know crane, many other species, migratory birds and many uh, territory species, they have been uh, changing their uh, migratory roads because of uh, uh, climate change and uh, the destruction and the fragmentation of their habitat. So I think this um, event of uh, Asian elephant making their adventure towards the north is alarm call for everybody to recognize that, uh, you know, if uh, what's going on uh, keeps going on, and then it won't be just Asian elephant, we will see more of all this uh, desperate movement of uh, wildlife. As I always say that uh, in 2021, those uh, 15 uh, Asian elephants moved uh, northward. It's a a good news to us. I personally believe so, because uh, with the effort of uh, China wildlife conservation, the number of Asian elephant population in the wild doubled. It's a big achievement. Uh, I believe that not only Asian elephant, but other uh, wildlife species, including giant panda, crested ibis, uh, or many other uh, endangered species, their population number in the wild in China increased due to our conservation policy. That's a, a very good signal to us. But as I said before, due to the rapid developing of a rural economy, the habitat for those uh, endangered species lost and uh, fragmented uh, due to the uh, unregulated uh, development uh, at the local level. So those elephants, it's kind of a normal behavior for for them to migrate to search for other suitable habitat. So it's a kind of a normal behavior as a kind of a disposal behavior for mammals and other species also have this kind of disposal uh, to uh, search for uh, suitable habitat outside their uh, original uh, homeland. So this is a really a Another alarm to us that uh, with the rapid development of our, our economy, we need to consider how to leave some nature homeland for other species. Yes. Like uh, some scientists, they call for leave half earth for other species. I believe it's really important for us to consider this as a, with the increasing of a wildlife population, but uh, with increasing of a human population as well. Yeah. So we need to balance uh, the conservation with the development. Well, this is a pair of conflicts as euro, but uh, it's uh, also some other challenges like uh, Chen Yue mentioned the climate change, for mm-hmm. example. Another paper published by my research team is found in 2050, if the current climate temperature increasing trend could not be stopped by different kinds of majors, then the Asian elephant suitable habitat will disappear about 50%. Mm. So this is another challenge, not only for Asian elephant, but also for a human being ourselves. So climate change is, uh, now we call it the climate crisis. It's not uh, only for the, the challenge to, uh, for the survival of endangered species and biodiversity, it's also a crisis 
for human being. Also, in case if you're wondering, those elephants did make their way back home. And here I have a piece of <laughs> elephant trivia I'd like to check with you guys, because in many cultures, elephants have been seen as the symbol of wisdom, and they're very intelligent creatures. Apparently, they have photographic memory, or they, they're very intelligent. So, did they find their way back home on their own, or was it due to a bit of guidance, a little bit of nudge nudge? Did they manage to do so? Yeah, I, I can tell you that I did made a phone call to the conservation director,、uh, who is uh, uh, at the frontier. Uh, uh, To guide those、uh, elephant conservation team in Yunnan, that uh, uh, you should not have those elephants continue to move northward, because they do not know Kunming is in front of them.、Mm. Uh, it's another big city without a suitable habitat. They do not have a GIS map in hand.、Mm. So, as human being, we know, especially for wildlife conservation management bureau, we know there's no suitable habitat. In front of them, we need to guide them back to their suitable habitat, or maybe back to Puar or Simao or some other place with suitable habitat for elephant. So, Director General did、uh, take my suggestion and、uh, take some measures to first of all put transportation cars to block the the road where elephant may. Move forward northward, and they also use、uh, some food to track the elephant move backward. This is、uh, some measures they took at that time. Yes, and when you look at the nature of of elephants, they live in matriarchal societies. Essentially, it's the grandma who. Are strong female leaders nurturing the young and navigating their way through the challenges of the forest to find food, water, security, and in the story that we just mentioned, home. Where are the dads? <laughs> in Chinese society, we have humorous and、um, sarcastic titles for fathers who are not so involved or absent in child rearing. What's the role of the males in the life of elephants? As you know, that、uh, for Asian elephant,、uh, male, especially those、uh, adult males, they are bull elephant. We we call it B U L L. Bull males, they are those.、Uh, Adult male roaming around and following the herd of、uh, female herds and、uh, looking for opportunities to mate. For females, they used to living together, together with their mother, their grandmother, and、uh, their son or daughter together in a herd. We call it family herd. A couple of、uh, family herds will gather together at a we call it clay at a big families and but one. Uh, adult female as a leader of the clay, and、uh, especially during the dry season, the leader of the clay will lead those、uh, different female herds to search for food, water resources. Yeah, but、uh, for males, when they、uh, grown up and、uh, when they be adult males, they dispersed outside the herd and look for opportunity to mate with other females. Couple of、uh, adult males.、Uh, they are not as big as bull adult males. They cannot fight with other big bull males. So they get together as a bachelor group. We call it.、Oh. So this is、uh, the the behavior of、uh, a different gender of elephant. Yeah, these fun little trivia things. They interest people, and also I think in so many ways the public needs to sort of. Get a feel of the animals, the species, flora or fauna we're talking about, just so that、um, not only to generate interest but also sort of put a face on this whole climate issue that we're talking about here, and to get people on board.、Mm -hmm. Not directly to your question, but I, I thought that this something maybe many people don't know, but it's interesting and worth mentioning, is that、uh, unlike. African elephants, both male and male, have、uh, teeth. 
have uh, their task for Asian elephants. Only uh, males, they have task, and the female, they don't. You know, right now we know that habitat fragmentation and the human-elephant conflict uh, are the biggest challenges for Asian elephants. And uh, but back then, um, maybe 20, 30 years ago, and still going on in some other countries of uh, of Asian elephants' uh, range, poaching of Asian elephants is still quite a significant factor. And uh, um, because back then the pe- uh, elephants were poached uh, for their tasks. And it got a disproportional uh, gender ratio uh, for some of the populations. But uh, I think with um, anti-poaching efforts have been strengthened, and especially China has been a leader in this area. Poaching of Asian elephants now is is not necessarily the most important uh, threat to Asian elephants anymore. That's good news on the one hand. (laughs) But also we realize human encroachment that becomes another threatening or the primary threatening factor to the elephants. But it is really quite a complicated balance that we're talking about here because when I first started researching the the topic, I was so one-sided. I was thinking about the animal welfare, looking at the Asian elephants and other wildlife, you know, they came here first, really. But then, you know, we took the land from them and all that stuff. But then you see this conflict between um, human and animals. It's far more complicated than what one might see at just um, a surface sweep of these kind of stories. But for me, it's quite simple Mm. that uh, for our human being, we eat too much. We need too much. We want too much because, uh, well, we are the dominant of the mother earth yeah but uh, on the other hand we we really do not need that much of food for example in southeast asia states many uh, tropical forests were clean cut for palm tree for palm oil for coffee for tea but actually we do not really need so much resources it's out of uh, we actually need mm. but those Outgrowth forestry, uh, they are homeland for many species, including Asian elephant. That caused a new problem that human elephant conflict, or we call human wildlife conflict, worldwide. That the I think the key of the the, the course of the human wildlife conflict. And also, our listeners could be living in the concrete jungle and. Beijing, where we are doing this show and mega cities in China, as well as we have all these messages from listeners living in small villages, in smaller cities and township, and we're all going about our own daily grind. How could I get involved is my question here when saving elephants, wildlife, all these things could seem a bit remote to our daily lives. So what do you have to say to this kind of mundane but also very real mm-hmm. um, question for people mm-hmm. I think first of all staying curious to nature is, is very important because we all in theory know that it's it's everything we rely on you know without nature without you know a good biological um, diversity uh, we will not thrive but then in real life what does it actually mean it takes a little bit of effort for us to to know better and learn better in order to to understand why uh, we should care and then as a residents of a city for us uh, one of the message we've been stressing on is that uh, say no to illegal wildlife product although uh, as i mentioned maybe poaching of asian elephant and the illegal trade is not one of the biggest threats it's still going on um, the trade of tasks uh, every elephant every and also the trade of uh, asian elephant skin is something that's still posing a threat to Asian elephants. So for all of us, uh, what we can do for sure is to do not consume any illegal wildlife product. And uh, whenever we have a chance to go to visit, um, you know, the nature and uh, go to the habitat of Asian elephants, do not disturb them mm-hmm. in any way. Uh, this is something, and communicate the message to to people that near you. Um, yeah. 
children to children and to to friends and all this something it doesn't feel like directly related to Asian elephant conservation. It doesn't feel like the same to anti poaching or you know actually conserving the habitats in their habitats. But all this added together is something necessary and impactful for sure. In addition, I, I think um, the people living uh, far away from the elephant habitat, they especially living in major cities,、mm-hmm. we can also support local communities' alternative livelihood by donate our money to support、uh, rural developing alternative developing plans and、uh, to、uh, rebuild the habitat for elephant and other、uh, wildlife. For example. Uh, one of the organization I worked with is、uh, SE Foundation. We raised uh, uh, more than five million RMB annually from different kind of platform, including Tencent or Alibaba,、uh, Taobao.、Uh, those people who purchase item online, couple of cents or dime will go to、uh, Shishunbana Elephant Conservation Project through this、uh, donation. I I think we we can do a lot of and we can do what we can. No matter how small effort we made, we can really、uh, make some difference in future. Yeah, and also protecting elephants. Can be connected to empowering women in some really difficult situations living nearby these natural habitats of Asian elephants. Can you tell us more about that?、Uh, sure. In uh, our um, example, when we first started to work on community livelihood project, we didn't know, you know, what's the best way to proceed. But then, you know, just a、uh, Based on sitting inside the villages and talking to people, we realized that、uh, women、uh, they can play a much more important role、uh, than many people had realized. Because first of all, women they are the ones who know their village sometimes better than other people. They know what people care about, and they care for. Having a better future for their children, so they have the willingness to take an initiative. In our case,、uh, when we first started, the women's、uh, they could be a bit shy and they weren't that confident that they can make contribution.、Uh, but then, for for us, very importantly, we want. Teach fishing instead of a given fish, and beekeeping happened to be something that everybody can learn, and sometimes women can learn better. And then through two years of implementing the project, we witnessed that women in the communities we're working with they became more confident. I will give you one example.、Um, a lady we worked with、uh, named Zhang Jiangmen. When we first started, she she was too shy to to ask any of the questions. But then she realized that、uh, other women also like her, and if none of them are asking questions, they will not be able to improve. And so Jiang Mei just joked that、uh, I might be the the, the silly one, but、uh, asking all those、uh, seemingly stupid questions is the way of、uh, helping my fellow my sisters to understand how this works. So she started to ask. The basic questions, and so as she asks, she understands more, and she becomes more eager to help others. And then later, she became actually one of the two group leaders of the community we're working with, and she became very active in advocating for more sustainable way of livelihood for the village.、Uh, when we first uh, um, started the project, uh, the hygiene situation in the village wasn't that good. Then she took the initiative to organize、um, the villagers to work together to clean the villages and maintain a good. Uh, hygiene level to make sure that the honey produced out of the village meet the the quality、uh, requirement. And you know, Jiangmei just is one of the example. Another example would be an elderly lady called、uh, Yu Kang, and she very beautifully said that if you want to attract butterflies, you need to grow the flowers yourself.、Oh. Uh, and we just we just loved how she put it. And she generally believed that they need. To take an initiative to own the project in order to make other people have faith in them, and all these stories making us feel like you know women empowerment is one of the probably most crucial thing to have the、um, the local to take the initiative in their development. 
And I want to also add to Professor John's point of uh, the thing that uh, um, us living in the city can do is that because uh, uh, we we are all day um, everyday consumers of uh, all sorts of products, and when we consume, uh, maybe sometimes it just take a little bit more effort to choose smarter to pick the the products that uh, are more sustainable and to to buy. Picking those products, we are also supporting local livelihood. Uh, like this year, uh, Eiffel actually uh, worked with the Herma uh, to produce, I believe, the one of the first of its kind Asian elephant themed zero carbon honey. It's produced out of uh, the community we're working with, and by consuming such products, you are showing that you care care about how these products. Uh, produced and you care about the the efforts made by the people who produce them, and I think this could be very powerful as well to support the development of uh, uh, local people. Chen Yue get another important point is that who is the person to make final decision at home? <laughs> <laughs>、yeah. In the past thirty years, twenty、uh, years, uh, I, when I worked in Yunnan,、uh, I found that、uh, many male in that area, well, men they used to go outside to do some labor work in major cities, big cities, but、uh, only females living at their homeland, and、uh, they ladies they know. What the resources they have nearby the communities, they know the resources in their homeland much better than males. Men.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> and who always made the decision at home? Their、yeah. mother, daughter, <laughs> wife. <laughs> yeah, that's very important. If you、uh, provide a kind of a, a alternative livelihood training, alternative farming training for local communities, you need to train ladies better because they. They understand what the training can bring them、uh, a better life in future. But、yeah. for men, they say, "Well, it's it's nothing." But they really do not know what they have, the resources they have.、Mm. Women can be very particular about our surroundings and very meticulous in making the right decision for the family, and we're very protective of our home. So I think it's really interesting、um, an angle to bring the females on board like that. So, what is the takeaway from protecting Asian elephants? That could offer inspiration or possibly a lesson on protecting other wildlife.、Uh, Eiffel's uh, vision uh, is actually people and animals thriving together. I think that's exactly what we're trying to achieve for Asian elephant conservation. It's not just about increasing of numbers, but it's about the balance. And I think a hard lesson we learned from Asian elephants is that、um, we need to. Make smarter and more cautious decision when we think of you know development versus conservation. Because、uh, as I mentioned before, what's done is done. We may not have another chance to make the same mistake again.、Um, so I think that's a very important lesson we learned from Asian elephant conservation. For me, I think、um, Asian elephant conservation is a really good case for us to review the conservation and development policies in the past forty years in China. Globally, the same, I believe. In the past forty years, China have a really made a A significant achievement to have a、uh, our economy、uh, blooming and、uh, make people's、uh, life better and better. It's a big achievement. But meanwhile, wildlife habitat become more and more fragmented and uh, smaller, uh, like uh, Asian elephant home range in Yunnan. That make new problem to us. Mm. A human elephant conflict, a human wildlife conflict. So all of this due to human activities, I believe. So we need to consider more about how to balance the conservation and the development in the development in our human development、uh, processes in future. And meanwhile, I also believe it's important to consider to leave half Earth to other species. Not only for our human being. After decades of hard work, it's clear that the future of Asian elephants and their forest home depends on even greater efforts, especially with the increasing impact of climate change. 
It will require even more government investment, stronger partnerships with local communities, and a wider understanding of the importance for people of conserving wildlife and the landscapes in which they live. And it will certainly need your support. With more innovation and perhaps with some more empathy towards each other, can we move from a state of conflict to true coexistence? Thank you so much, Ma Chenyue. Program Manager of IFA China and Professor Zhang Li of Ecology at Beijing Normal University. So thank you so much for you guys for swinging by. Thank you, Hoya. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. And that brings us to the end of today's roundtable. Thank you so much for your company. You can find us on Apple Podcast at Roundtable China. I'm Hoya. We'll see you next time. <laughs>